0: Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here, and I'm glad that you could uh, be with us as we are continuing on in the triggered message series. Our emotions get triggered all the time, and when that trigger happens, there's a chance that we can take the emotions too far, and they have a real negative impact on our life. Or we can handle it rightly, and that also has a big impact. On our life as well. And so we're focusing on different emotions in this series and today we're looking at bridling fear. When we experience fear it can quickly go out of control like the horse in this video. Lefty Marble Holman, I see you California. You can see the daddy Painted valley in this horse. Long, beautiful mane and tail. One of the stockiest horses you're going to see tonight. Just this. <laughs> the guy riding that horse has no control over where it's going to go. He's just getting tossed around on top of it as as it's trying to buck him off. He was at the mercy of wherever that horse wanted to go and whatever it wanted to do. Have you ever felt like that with fear? Something happens and then you're spiraling and consumed in your thoughts of 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 what if this continues to go on or what if this happens and you're just consumed with this fear and and mulling on it over and over and over again. One of those moments for me in my life was when my daughter Ellie was born. The nurses were checking her out after she was born, and they, they seemed to be checking her out more than my other kids when they were born. And pretty soon, I, I learned that her oxygen saturation was too low, and it wasn't coming up, and so they needed to take her into the neo-native, neonatal intensive care unit. And we got into this hallway, and my wife had to go this way because she just had a C-section. My daughter had to go this way, and I was just stuck. My, my thoughts were spinning. What, what if this causes lifelong problems for her? I need to take care of my wife, but I, I also have a daughter now that I need to take care of. I, I didn't know what to do. I was frozen and stuck in my thoughts. Fortunately, the nurse said, come with me, and she took me with my daughter, and I was there to, to be with her as they got her set up in the, the NICU. But fear was just running my thoughts as I stood there, and I was frozen and didn't know what to do. It was like that uncontrolled horse running wildly. That is what fear can do to us. But when a horse is is trained and has a bridle on that holds the bit in his mouth and some reins, then you can direct it wherever it wants to go, and it looks a lot different. Take a look at this video of my kids learning how to ride a horse a couple years back. The Bible shows us how to bridle fear, how to bring it under control. So it's not just out of control, fear running wherever it wants to go. We can actually get a hold of it. And Bridle it and direct it in a way that is helpful for us we've been looking at this emotional sequence uh, in the in the message series. Uh, take a look at it again. We have the precondition, and the precondition <clears throat> that I was facing was I was excited to meet my daughter. I was feeling good, and then boom trigger she's born, and she uh, there was a lot of activity going on. I could tell something was off and the fear started to, to, to develop to where I'm in this emotional state of fear for her well-being. And then the, the actions kick in after that. My thoughts started to swirl with fear as I dealt with with the unknowns, and then the results come from that action. I was stuck. I was frozen in fear. And the the result was, then I'm just stuck rehearsing these fear thoughts in my head. And the consequences are just, again, fearful. Stuck in this cycle of more and more and more fear. The Bible shows us examples of what fear can do And how we can have victory over it. We can learn a lot from the situation where fear destroys the Philistines. So let's take a look at lessons from Jonathan and his armor bearer. Here's a background on the battle between the Philistines and the Israelites. The Philistine army numbered in the thousands. They had chariots, they had horses, and they had the the best weapons made of metal. In fact, the Philistines had had cut off the Israelites from access to metal weapons. And so the Israelites were armed with weapons made of wood and stone. So there's this band of Israelites, which only numbers 600. Saul and his son Jonathan and his armor bearer were among this 600. And the massive Philistine army is just two miles away. And the Israelites have been cut off by the Philistines to where they can't get help from, from their, their neighbors. Oh, and the, those weapons that were made of stone and wood, they're actually mainly their agricultural tools that they had reshaped into weapons because the Philistines had cut them off. So this situation looks especially bleak for the Israelites. I can imagine fear is there as they're 600 strong. There's thousands two miles away and they are armed with farming tools while the Philistines have chariots and the best weapons and horses. Take a look at what happens here in 1 Samuel 14. One day, Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who carried his armor, come, Let us go over to the Philistine garrison on the other side. But he did not tell his father. So Jonathan and his armor bearer venture out on their own. No one knows they're gone. And they're standing in between these two steep cliffs of rock. And Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And this is an important thing for us to learn from this story. Jonathan and his armor bearer are two. The Philistines are thousands. Fear should be stopping them from moving forward. They they should be frozen in fear, like I was. Why in the world? Any sound reason, would they go and move forward towards this garrison? But he does, because he chose faith over fear. Jonathan shows us that victory over fear comes from choosing faith in the Lord. There's something really important for us to understand in this scenario. The enemy here, the Philistines, want the Israelites to give in to their fear, to be stuck from making progress and give up. They have all the advantages, right? But God wants them to have victory over their fear. He wants them to push past it in faith, trusting in him. He wants the fear to make them run to trust in him and his strength in the battle. And that's what God wants for us now, today, in our world. When fear comes into our life, our enemy, the devil, wants it to get us to cower back in fear and get stuck from making progress. Or worse, he wants the fear to destroy our lives, but God wants fear to move us towards him. He wants us to lean into the fact that nothing can hinder the Lord. And as we do that, our trust in him grows, and we can put a bridle on fear and direct it in ways that it's going to produce good in our life, not destruction and run out of control. But it's hard to remember that truth when we're facing a bad situation. You can only see how it's going to not turn out well for you. So where are you struggling right now to believe that nothing can hinder the Lord? Go ahead, write it down on the sermon notes that you can get from the the top of the screen. Maybe you're struggling to trust God with finances right now. Inflation is out of control. I saw this breakfast index the other day. It puts the cost of uh, bacon, bread, coffee, orange juice, eggs, milk, and sugar together the beginning of 2020, those items would cost $16.13. Last month, at the end of the month, same items would cost $22.65. That's a more than 50, 50% increase in staple foods in two years. Maybe that graph just triggered some fear that you didn't have. There's also the what-ifs in life. I'm really good at the, the what-ifs and. Um, It can drive fear in me. When COVID hit, I had a ton of what-ifs going on in my thoughts. What if my wife Gina gets sick? She's on medicine that compromises her immune system. What if our church can't meet for longer than the 15 days to slow the spread, and that drove fear, and what's going to happen? How are we going to still be the church God wants us to be? What if possibilities are endless? Are you struggling with any of the what-ifs right now? Well, Jonathan believed that nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. Let's see what happens next. And his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you heart and soul. How amazing is that? He says, I'm with you heart and soul in the face of these extreme opposition. And Jonathan tells him the plan. And they put it into action. Then Jonathan said, Behold, we will cross over to the men, and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, Wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place, and we will not go up to them. But if they say, Come up to us, then then we will go up. For the Lord has given them into our hand, and this shall be the sign to us. So they, so both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, look, Hebrews are coming out of their holes where they have hidden themselves. And the men of the garrison hailed Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us and we will show you a thing. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me, for the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. So two on many. And Jonathan says, the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. His precondition in that sequence that we looked at was nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or few. His precondition was trust in the Lord. God is with us. If if he wants us to have victory, he will give it to us, no matter what the numbers look like. And in the face of what would cause fear in anyone, he chose faith. Then Jonathan climbed up on his hands and feet and his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed them after him. And that first strike, which Jonathan and his armor bearer made, killed about 20 men within as it were half a furrow's length in an acre of land. And there was panic in the camp, in the field. And among all the people, the garrison and even the raiders trembled. The earth quaked, and it became a very great panic. The Philistines reveal that giving into fear causes destruction. Here they are facing two men. And they're in a very great panic over that. And this panic is loud. The Philistines are are fleeing in this panic. And all the commotion gets the attention of Saul and the other Israelites. And they realize that Jonathan and his armor bearer are gone. And they head over to the battle. And verse 20 says, Then Saul and all the people who were with him rallied and went into battle. And behold, every Philistine's sword was against his fellow, and there was very great confusion. The Philistines are fighting each other. They are killing each other. And God uses this event to rally the Israelites that had gone and, and hid. And they come together, and verse 23 says, So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle passed beyond Beth Jonathan trusted in the Lord so much that he put himself and his armor-bearer in what looked like an impossible situation, yet nothing hindered the Lord from saving them and the Israelites. I want to face my fears with that type of confidence. I want to be able to choose faith over my fears, and Christ followers can do that as they fear the Lord and trust in the Lord. Proverbs fourteen twenty seven says, "The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, that one may turn away from the snares of death." God wants us to fear Him, not in a cowering and debilitating way like the enemy wants us to fear him he, he wants us to fear to choose fear of the lord which means to take him seriously enough that we obey him we do what his word the bible says we choose to do life his way because we fear that doing life our own way or what somebody else might be telling us that's in contrast to, to god's way we fear the consequences that are going to come from that and Proverbs fourteen twenty seven says that this type of fear is a fountain of life. Fearing God rather than man or rather than our circumstances or even death itself is the way to life and freedom. I spent some time doing inbound sales for a business after college. And one of the things that you learn as you start trying to learn how to sell better and you research the sales expert experts um, is that people buy things for a desire for gain or a fear of loss fear is a strong motivation to buy insurance products you can give all the stats about longevity of life when trying to sell life insurance policies or somebody can hear of somebody's medical bills and just the astronomical amount And it can really motivate people to get the best medical insurance that that you can get. People in fear are easily controlled. And we have seen that over the past couple of years, right? I mean, our family was sanitizing groceries for a little while at the beginning of COVID because of fear of this unseen virus. Fear of the Lord frees us up from the fear of what this world could do to us. Fear of the Lord says, what does God want me to do in this situation? I don't need to fear the consequences if it's right before God because he will do good to me regardless of what might happen. And that leads us to the other major principle of, for choosing faith over fear. And that is to trust in the Lord. Psalm 56, 3-4 through four says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Fear of the Lord and trust in the Lord, they they work together. Fear of the Lord is taking God seriously enough to obey him. Trust in the Lord is the confidence that God Will do what he says. It is only as we have confidence in the Lord that we can say, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, Lord. Without the confidence that God will do what he says, we might as well be saying, I have a good feeling about the future. If God is not trustworthy, then we're just wishing that things are going to turn out well in the face of our fears. So we need to grow in our confidence in God as we deal with fear. And what has happened in my life, and it's true in others as well, it's just how God has, has wired life to work, is that when I hit new situations that are going to make me exercise more faith, I get hit with this question, will God be faithful in this situation too? I keep coming up against that question over and over again in life as I hit situations where I have to exercise more faith. COVID is a shared experience for us all, right? We all went through it together, and the question, will God be faithful in this situation too, came up for me over and over and over again. Early on, uh, my wife and I, we, we dealt with a lot of fears related to COVID because she's immunocompromised. And you kept hearing on the news over and over again, who's, who's more susceptible to getting really sick? And it was the immunocompromised and um, the, the elderly that were more susceptible to the sickness. And so I had a lot of fear of not wanting to bring the virus home to her, um, and as we talk through those fears, uh, the what ifs—if she gets it and dies, or what if fill in the blank—you know—we all had those going on. One of the specific things that we were working through a month or two in was Hebrews 10:25, which commands Christ followers to not give up meeting together. We were meeting online, but it wasn't the same, and we were just realizing our kids were missing out on relationships with people as well as us. And so as we're wrestling with that, I thought, you know, what if we we do go out and she gets the virus? And what if I get it and I get really sick? And it was just, you know, we were all there, Right deciding what what are we going to do in the face of this thing and one day my wife and I Gina we went out for a walk together and we're talking through our fears and uh, the different things that were going on and just how online was not the same as in person and we got to the point that we decided we need to start getting together with people in person regularly like God commands us to do. And we got to that point because we realized God will be faithful to us. His, his word is true in the middle of this situation like it is all the time. And even if the difficulty comes from this decision to do what Romans ten twenty five said, God would still be faithful to us. Because Romans eight twenty eight says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to... To his purpose, we can have confidence in whatever happens. We can trust in Him. And Isaiah forty-one ten says, "So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand." And even if obeying God's word ends up in our family going through difficulty, God will be with us. He will be faithful to us in that difficulty just like he was faithful to Joseph when his brothers sold him into slavery and then again he gets thrown into to prison at the end of all that he faces his brothers and in Genesis 50:20 he says you intended to harm me but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives and God will be faithful to us like he was to Job who in tragedy had his wealth taken away from him, his family was killed. And in Job 121, he says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord has gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. The enemy wants us to give into fear. He wants to use that fear to get us stuck in that question of, is is God really going to be faithful to me in this situation too? He doesn't want us to get past that question. He wants us to cycle it over and over and over again with all the what ifs and what if this happens? Is God going to be there too? And this, and what if this happens? He wants us to get stuck in our fears and he wants us to think God is not faithful in those situations. But when we choose faith in God, when we choose to trust in the Lord, the confidence that and we choose the confidence that God will do what He says, this this gets us to the truth that God will be faithful in this situation too. He will be faithful. We just need to grow in trusting in the Lord. And when we start to think Oh, this is scary. Will God be faithful to me in this situation too? We need to go to God's Word. The Bible gives us perspective to face any situation we're facing. There's a chart in the sermon notes today that shows these, uh, shows scriptures for different types of fears that you might have. There's scriptures for any situation, some general fear uh, scriptures. Jeremiah 32:17 17 is on there. That is such a help to me. It says, Ah, oh, sovereign Lord, you who has made the heavens with your great power and outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. God can bring us help in any situation. There's, there's scriptures for fear about my future and provision for needs, food, clothing, etc. Scripture about fear about sickness, growing old, death, or just fear, fearsome times, or uh, Scripture about fear about bad news as society feels like it's crumbling, or there's evil people in the world, or natural disasters, or wars, and famines, and earthquakes, or persecution. God has given us the truth to fight our fears. Ephesians six seventeen talks about swinging the short the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. We fight against fear with God's word. And a good structure for how to do that is to tackle our fear with hey say pray obey. The hey is identify that I am feeling fear. The say is Pick a scripture verse that applies to the situation that you're going through. Psalm 55, the first part of 5 and then 16 is really helpful. It says, fear and trembling come upon me, but I call to God and the Lord will save me. Then pray. Say, Father, please help me. Do right and change fear to faith, which is trust in you. And then obey. Refuse to worry or dread. Pray specifically about my concerns, and thank God, move forward to do what is needed. When my daughter was born and had to go to the NICU, I got stuck in the fear. And after she was settled into the NICU and I was there with her, I went to go and uh, see Gina and to update her on what was going on. And on my way uh, to Gina, I got some time to myself and... I said something like this, God, I'm scared, but I know you love my daughter more than me. You'll take care of her. Please help her to be okay. Help me to trust in you with this. And then I went to do the next right thing, which was to go check on my wife, let her know what was going on. And a little bit later, I got into fear again. And so I prayed again. I hey, say, prayed obeyed again. And I had to do that over and over and over again. And over the time as I battled fear and I swung the sword of of truth of God's word at the fear, I got victory over that fear. I had to stand on the truth that God will be faithful to me in this situation too. He will be faithful to all of us in the situations we're facing. Trust in the Lord is the antidote to fear. As we choose confidence that God will do what he says, we can swing that sword of the Spirit and turn fear into faith in God that he will get us through whatever we're facing. Each week we have next steps that you can take in response to the message. Here's some suggestions for you that you might want to take In response to the message today, the first is my next step today is to meet with someone to clarify my commitment to Christ. If you have not made a commitment to follow Christ yet, then I invite you to check this box on the connection card and someone from CIV will reach out to you and try to schedule a meeting and share the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news is that Jesus Christ was God's son. He lived a perfect life, which is something none of us can do. The Bible says that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned and fallen short. And Jesus died on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. And we can have a restored relationship with God if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. Getting... Your eternal salvation figured out is the first step towards dealing with fear. Because the fear of dying is always going to be there if we're not sure that our relationship is right with God and we're going to spend eternity with him in heaven. So if, you, if you're here and you haven't yet nailed this down, Seek out the answers. Meet with somebody you know at CIB or check that box on the connection card and we'll reach out to you and try to set up a a meeting with you shortly. Another next step that you might want to take is to choose confidence that God will be faithful in fill in the blank. Was there something God brought to mind to you that you're, you're not convinced that the Lord won't be hindered to accomplish? You're just looking at the situation and it's scary. You don't know how How's God going to be faithful in this? Write it down and set out to set your mind, set your precondition that God will be faithful to me in this situation too. And then the last suggested next step is to memorize and fill in the blank. Pick a verse from the chart or from the message as, as a whole and memorize that verse Hey, say, pray, obey it this week and use that to fight against any fear that you have going on in your life right now. Let's pray and ask God to help us to trust in him with whatever's going on in our life, whatever fears we're facing. God, we thank you that you show us how to get past our fears, how to how to put a bridle on it, how to direct it so that we can choose faith in you instead of cowering in fear and being stuck. Help us, Lord, to choose to trust you with what we're facing this week. Give us the strength to do it, and we just ask for your help to do that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.